This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. So how you been? I feel like I haven't seen you guys in so long. A few weeks we did take off to relax and enjoy life. But we're back here, bigger and stronger than ever. And I'm with actually a pal of mine. I usually don't get to meet or know the people I'm interviewing, but I actually do know Jim. Before I bring him on, let me tell you about Dr. Walters. Dr. James Walter Jim is the founder and president of the Institute for Preservation of Health, IPH. Motivated by the premature death of his father at age 45, Dr. Walter tailored his education to study the factors that contribute toward the development of heart disease. He ultimately completed his PhD in cardiovascular exercise physiology in 1991, which we have to talk about that because I thought it was a different year. He spent the first 10 years of his professional career teaching and developing preventative and rehabilitative cardiology programs in the Philadelphia area. Jim, how the heck are you? I am so good. And that's where we met during the educational process. You know, was it? I'm trying to think, when did I graduate? Because I thought it was after 1991 when you graduated, but you were working on your master's degree while I was working on my PhD. We had the uh, human anatomy course together, which yeah, is, but what year was that? What year was that? Um, the year that we had the class together? Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm just trying to think of the curriculum. So I started in 86. So it was probably like 88, 87 or 88. So I told people, I better find my degree, that I got my master's in 1994. Okay, it, unless you stuck around for a long time afterwards, because it took me a long time, you know, to finish my, my PhD. I, the research that I did with, with heart transplant patients just took yeah. a long time to gather the information. So my program was, was longer than, than some of my other colleagues that were no, it was two years. I remember being in two years. So I definitely so you graduated got before that then. Yeah, I got you. All right. Before we get off here on a tangent, what's your one word? I ask everyone to tell me one word that best describes your past 30 days. And then why did you pick that word? Um, inspired. Inspired. Tell me why. Because um you know, there, there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of challenging things going on right now. And that tends to get people maybe down, you know, maybe seeing the bad side of things. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm inspired to look at those obstacles, if you will, as challenges and see if there's ways that we can overcome them in ways that can make us all benefit benefit from it. And, you know, that's what I'm actually about with this whole physical activity stuff. And so um, I, I think there's, I think there's tremendous opportunity. I think hmm. people are 
open and receptive to ideas. What maybe we'll talk about here a little bit today is, is breaking down perceived barriers, which, which often exist, mm. um, which prevent us from doing simple things um, that, that could allow us to live better lives. And so I'm inspired by the idea that, that people like you and myself and, and many, many others mm. that have messages that can help people uh, we'll have that opportunity to do so. And, and, you know, that, I think that's what we want to do is we just want to help people. Yeah. And, and particularly yeah. as I'm winding down my career and, and maybe moving into new and different things, that, that's what I want to get out of life is, is just, you know, leaving a legacy of, of having had the ability to help others. And that inspires me. Yeah. Yeah. It puts a smile on your face. It does. A pip in your step. All right. So I'm going to go right to the biggest question I got, which I don't blame this question. Many of our listeners and viewers, they want a healthy lifestyle, right? They definitely are out there trying to improve every day, not just mentally, but physically. Most of them mentally, physically, and spiritually. But they're getting very confused. And I get it because they'll listen to different podcasts and they're like, wait a minute. I thought that's how I had to meditate. Wait, I thought that's what mindfulness is. Wait, I thought that's how I was supposed to work out. Wait, and now I'm supposed to eat this. And it's been going on for a while, but with all the information overload, it can be even more confusing. And as one, let me just make sure I quote this young man, right? He says, it doesn't seem to me whether or not the information is correct. It's how much I see it social media stream, I start believing it. And, and I get that. Yeah. So let's stick with the, the main one, working out. Right. A lot of questions came in. At first, I thought I had to do 30 minutes straight of cardio. Then it was no, 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 you have to move for an hour of cardio. Now people are saying just get up and move for a minute or five minutes everywhere. And then which I get, it's not about how much time you spent at the gym. It's how did you move throughout the day, which a lot of people are doing standing desks, things under their desks, they're getting up every hour. So, so many different questions, but the same theme. You know, I I was doing this, now I do that. Four times a week cardio, go lift weights. No, I can get it at home. And as long as I go up and down the steps and do my laundry, I'm covered. So it's a big question, Jim, yep. but I do want to break it down and answer it and get your perspective because maybe we have the same one. I'm not sure. So big question. Yeah, no, it is a big question. And the the one challenge with responding to it is, is there's no one right answer because everybody has different things that they're looking to accomplish. Some people are looking to improve their level of cardiorespiratory fitness. Okay, that is a different formula than someone who is looking to do weight loss, for example, Mm -hmm. which may be an entirely different formula for the group that I'm really hoping to reach. And that is the group that does nothing. And and here's why I think they do nothing. If if, If you were to go. Say, say you were to. That okay, I don't do much. My activity is built of activities of daily living, which means I brush my teeth, 
I take the trash out, I go to the mailbox, I get the newspaper. And that's about it. And then we, you and I, as exercise physiologists, tell this people, and it's supported by, they go through the website for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. They'll tell them that exercise requires 150 minutes moderate to vigorous physical activity during the course of one week. All right. I want to, I just want to say that again, because it cut out a little bit, 150 minutes. Did you say? Yes. Minutes or more of vigorous, moderate, of moderate to vigorous physical activity per week. So you can break that down to 30 minutes a day, five days a week, or 50 yeah. minutes, three times a week. However, you that's exercise. The other thing, if you look deep into the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website, it'll tell you that 25% of Americans, that's one quarter, 25% of Americans do nothing more activities of daily living. So now, if you're trying to take these people that are doing nothing and you say, in order to get benefits, you have to do 150 minutes or more a week, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to do nothing. That's yeah. So you're, you're, you're in pretty good shape, correct? I think I'm in great shape. Yeah. Right. So if I were to make you an offer to go to Nepal, and I'll pay for this, to go to Nepal next week and climb Mount Everest, are you up for that? Well, I would, you can't go there because I would do it even though I'm not prepared. But I would say to you, can you give me three months to prepare? That's the point. You I need, would, I would want three months right. to prepare. But, you right. know, I am someone that exercises every day. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Every day. So. And, and, and see, that's the point, though, is, is you could do this and you could prepare. But when we tell these people that are doing absolutely nothing, to do 150 minutes or more of moderate to vigorous physical activity, their choice is, is I'm just not even going to get started. Okay. So, let, so let, go ahead. And so that's where it comes down to your question is, is, you know, we need to get a lot of people, at least, at least a quarter of Americans started. And so that then comes back to some of the questions you got from, from your listeners is, you know, what can I do to get started? And my suggestion is start to move more. And importantly, a lot of the ideas that I can offer and suggest to people, which we'll probably get into a few of them during the call, is, is ways that you can do movement without actually having to define a specific time in your day to do it, where you just build it into your day. Yeah. Um, and then you accumulate because the data or the question that you did ask is right, is, is that there has been a substantial amount of data to show that you don't need to do the 30 minutes by itself. You can accumulate that in 10 three-minute bouts, three 10-minute bouts, whatever it is, mm. and break it up during the day in, in portions that are more manageable. But during the course of the day, we miss a lot of opportunities to move. And I'll go back to the words that I used a few moments ago because of perceived barriers. And, I, yeah, and I'll get yeah. into more of that as we go through this. Okay. So I do 
want to back up there again. I agree that I don't I don't know for sure, but there probably is 25% of Americans who are aren't really moving, right? Like you said, they get up to do whatever. But for what I want to focus in on today, because that's what you're going to find here with most of the listeners and viewers, is that's not them. They are moving, meaning they're doing more than brushing their teeth. So they're chasing their kids around. They're taking their kids to a park. They're, they're, they're doing walks. They're probably doing what you want this 25% to do. You know, you right. mean they're, they're up and about, maybe they could do more, but they're not just brushing their teeth. You know what I mean? They're right. outside gardening. They, they may or may not go to the gym. I think, and not that we can't get in because I do want to home in on what even the 25% could do, but I want to take time to say for these people that want to be healthy, you know, what is the minimum of movement they should do throughout the day, whether it's going to the gym, taking walks. I know a lot of these people, you know, they specifically have their washer and dryer in the basement so they Mm -hmm. can move. But what I think is the opposite problem going on is these people are moving because they're doing daily activities, but they don't think it counts. And it does count. It absolutely counts. And that, so that's let's ex- in on that. Like they yeah. want to be healthy. They want to be able to chase their grandkids around. They want they it's not a matter that most of them probably want to lose weight, but let's home in. I want to be healthy. And yeah. what should I be doing? Because they're not people that normally are couch potatoes. Yeah. So the fact that they're doing is good. And what I'm just going to suggest and can offer some ideas on is, is to do more and continue to do more. And I'll make it equivalent to something that we can all relate to is money, right? You know, you, you think about um, when you were a child and your parents or grandparents, you know, gave you that piggy bank and you put that first nickel or that first quarter or maybe the first dollar into that. You know, did that thing in and of itself make any meaningful difference in your potential future financial freedom? No, it didn't. Gotcha. Yeah. But then you put that quarter, nickel, or dollar in every day, maybe sometimes multiple times a day, every day of every week, every week of every year, every year of every month. And so all of those things add up to, you know, what we know in the financial world is this compound interest. And the same applies to physical activity. Do more. So if you're already doing great, do more. And I do believe that there's a group of people out there that don't do this structured exercise. So remember, exercise, the definition I gave you a few moments ago, but it's it's planned, it's repetitive, it's coordinated, it's it's designed either maintain or approve our level of physical fitness. But you can get benefits without meeting those standards. So let me just give you two pieces of data. Um, you probably heard of the Mayo Clinic, right? A very mm-hmm. reputable yeah. um, healthcare organization. It was now three years ago. It was in 2020 in the Mayo Clinic proceedings. They published some data that indicated that people that just went from sitting the course of the day not just once, but throughout yeah. the day, 
those that did that, it resulted in reductions in fasting blood sugar and body fat mass. Not large ones, statistically significant ones. Yeah, yeah. That's just going from sitting to standing. And then just last year in the Journal of the American Medical Association, there was an article that indicated that people who added more steps to their day, at least 2,000, but up to 10,000, that resulted in the more active people, 8 to 11% fewer deaths, less cardiovascular disease and cancer. So Mm -hmm. that was steps and then sitting to standing. I'm not talking about structured physical exercise. So there's data out there that says to the group of listeners that you largely deal with, you're doing, but do more. And there's a lot of ways that we can build more into our day without needing to find time to do that. Yeah. Well, I know for me, you know, and then my living out of, gyms and I love working out with weights. But if I can do my cardio outside, I'm going to prefer it outside unless I can't. But I'm a big gardener. And so starting in May, I spent a lot of time in my garden, flowers, veggies, mulching, like tons of work. So I go less into the gym and I feel better and look better when I'm spending time in my garden and doing not that I don't bike, but not doing as much as the weight training because I'm doing physical activity outside. And so everyone says, Oh, what's your new workout routine? It's in my garden. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's good. And listen, not gardening for me, but you know, before we started this, we were talking about our new puppy, right? So, um, you know, my exercise is generally running riding a bike, working out yeah. on the elliptical and stuff like that. Um, I could probably count on one hand the number of times I've done that since we've gotten this puppy. Mm. But I'm walking him for like 90 minutes a day. So I'm outside. He's probably walking you. And he's walking me. But my point is, is I, I may have gotten away from – and, and – w- what I'm doing for that, for a lot of people, would probably be considered moderate physical activity, moderate exercise. Yeah. For me, it's it it wouldn't be, but for a lot of people, it would be. But for me, it's probably a a, a step down in the level of intensity, maybe a step up in the quantity. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I'm feeling just as good. I I haven't gained any weight. Um, and, and I'm spending time with the puppy. Yeah. Outside, which is awesome. All right. So I do want to home in. I want to go again back because I know they're going to be, they want a specific answer to this. All right. So for those people who really do want to do the right thing for them, right. And you said do more, but if they were going to make a plan of what to do in their day to be, I know you said there's weight loss, there's different reasons, just talk about they want to be in the best shape they can be right they eat healthy and they want to move does it matter if it's let's stay with the cardio okay whether it's 30 minutes a day 40 minutes a day an hour a day or can they do something every hour for five minutes that will make a difference 
So again, there's not a right answer to that question. And, and here's where, and I'm not going to make a, a plug for the Professional Exercise Physiology Society. I'll make a plug for medicine in general. You know, the problem when we go into a physician's office is we're often given guidance based on all of those patients that that physician sees and not necessarily guidance based on me as a person. So that's where it really comes down to me as a person. So things really need to be individualized and customized to the person. That's hard to find. You won't find that on a website because they're going to give you guidance based on everybody. So for people that really want that approach, then you're going to have to find some sort of professional to craft that because once again, the outcome that you want is going to vary or it's going to define what approach that you need to take. So I'm all about balance, like what you sounds like and you do. We shouldn't spend all of our time in cardiovascular because that helps our heart. We should spend some time with muscular stuff because that helps our muscles. And we need our muscles to do the cardiovascular stuff. But more importantly, muscle is more highly metabolically active tissue. So by building muscle, we essentially, not to a large degree, so I don't want to mislead people, but Mm -hmm. to a small degree, you know, we raise our basal metabolic rate, which means um, if before you added muscle to your body, you're sitting in a chair and I'm going to just use a number. Let's just say your body's burning a hundred calories, you know, during the course of that hour that you're sitting in the chair. If you have more muscle, your body might burn 105 calories during that hour. And and that's cardiorespiratory and Mm -hmm. muscle. I don't want to forget, and you know this better than I do, the flexibility part, particularly for people that get older. We need to spend time stretching. Now, that's not going to improve and contribute to like cardiorespiratory fitness or muscular fitness, but it's going to add to your overall level of fitness that contributes to this holistic balance approach that, that I think is important for most people. Okay. Yeah, and I do get it. It, it, it is individualized because it's hard to say when people say to me, all right, so I want to sculpt my shoulders. Can you just tell me how to do it? And I'm like, I haven't even met them. I don't even know what they yeah. look like. I haven't seen them. I wasn't able to touch their body. So I totally get it. All right. Yeah. We're going to switch gears here a little bit. And they want to know what food plan do you recommend for being healthy? Well, let me start by saying I'm not a nutrition expert. We know um, that, but still and all you know enough. So what, what I've consistently heard and guide would guide to people towards without getting real specific is as colorful as possible. So if on your plate, you're looking at stuff and there's a lot of different colors to it, that generally has more nutritional value. And then the other thing, which I think we all know is natural stuff. And listen, I'm not the greatest at this either. I'm probably a better eater than a lot of people, but maybe not everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, stuff that you can 
keep in your pantry for three or four months and then go and eat it and it's still fresh and stuff like that, that's probably not going to contribute a whole lot of nutritional value to your diet. Um, So again, the colorful stuff. And and then that obviously translates into fruits and vegetables and and varieties because they're all different colors and stuff like that. Um, You know, it's important to get protein. And if you get that in the form of meat and things, that's fine. I know that there's vegetarians out there that can yep. get their protein in other ways and stuff like that, but it, but it's all balanced. You know, you, you can read books um, and you can read people that go back historically, right. And go back to the cavemen and, 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 you know, our early ancestors and stuff like that. And, and the way we're designed to consume food is really based on what the, the earth gives us. Hmm. So if you think about that approach, right. And the earth gives us fruits and vegetables. It gives us fish, right? They're out in the sea. Um, and yes, there is survival of the fittest. So the bigger animals would eat the meat of the smaller animals and stuff like that. But that's really biologically how yeah. our bodies are designed. Yeah. And that's how we should fuel it. I hope that is enough. It, it is enough, but I'm cracking up because, and I, I do think, depends on the individual, but I am not a vegetarian, but I love veggies. So I eat tons of them, you know, yeah. as well as protein, but I, my plate is going to be filled with, you know, all the veggies and salads and yeah. even my garden, you know, I can't, Oh, I got my first broccoli. But my husband who lifts all the time, six foot three Swedish man, if he eats a veggie once a week, it's a miracle. Like yeah. it's like, Here's chicken, here's pork, and here's steak, and that's his balanced. And he's yeah. as healthy as can be. So I yeah. don't get it. He very rarely touches a veggie. Now he doesn't eat a lot of carbs. You know, he eats right. lean and mean, but because I take a vitamin, I'm like, oh my! And I'm always trying to get salad in him. And then he goes to the doctor, and he's healthy. His blood yeah, works everything's great. Everything's good. Yeah, yeah. Is that crazy? Yeah, it is. It is. But but in part, what answers that is, remember, everybody's biology is different. Yeah. Right. And we all have different genes and we all have different stuff. But on this topic, I'll leave one tip for for everybody that I've used for a lot of people. And so the first part of this, you're going to look at me with it. And I'm going to pause before I say the second part. And I'm going to argue that in this world, there are no bad eaters. There's not a bad eater in this world. You know what we have? This is what we have. We have bad shoppers. Because what do you eat? What you buy? So buy the right stuff, and then you'll eat the right stuff. Oh, that's true. If you don't have it in your house, you're not eating it. Is that true? Right. And so that's where, you know, and it's a twist on stuff, right? But it's just, it's a way to look at it is, is your nutritional preparation might be better planned for while you're shopping, right? No, right Not right. when you're throwing stuff together at home for, oh, for dinner. Oh, so right. You don't want to go shopping on an empty stomach. It's all kinds of ugly. Right. No, right. no, it's not right. good. All right, Jim, I want to make sure I get some of this in here because the time is flying by. And I want to talk about your first tip, which is don't let perceived barriers stop you from moving more. And at right. first I was like, what is he talking about? Yeah. Is there any signs at the place of work indicating you can't use 
the furthest bathroom. So now I understand what you're saying. You don't have to go to the bathroom close to you. It's something that is a little thing. But every time you go to the bathroom, choose the furthest one. Exactly. And and that's what I mean by a perceived barrier, because, you know, the, I work in a building um, and and I can tell you that when people that work in the area around me, go, to, they all go to the bathroom that's in our wing. And when they go to fill up their water bottle, they go to the water source that's right there. Mm-hmm. So I would say, listen, if you want, and this is where the no extra time comes into play, you know, go, go to one. We have four wings in our building. And they're labeled A, B, C, and D. If you're in B, go to the bathroom and C. Better yet, go to the bathroom and C on a different floor. Or go get your water from the water source and C on a different mm. floor. But this is what's perceived. The bathroom is right there. So that's the one that I have to use. Yeah, you're right. You don't think right? about it. And so you don't think about it. And, and if you <clears throat> eliminate those barriers, those are the kinds of things that will allow you to add these more steps. Remember, we're trying to get based on the data from the Journal of the American Medical Association, we're just trying to add more. And then people might say, well, Jim, you know, okay, so if I go to the bathroom one time and and I even clocked it out for me, so from B building to C building, it's 350 extra steps to go through that. So does that really make a difference for me? No, not that activity by itself. But if you do it, two or three times a day, and also, you know, use separate trips to get your water, you could very easily in one day, just doing that, be adding another thousand steps to your day. Without I, you know extra what? Time I know it works. It. I know it works, but it's not my thing. So many of my friends and colleagues, I got to get my 10,000 steps. I don't know where they came up with the 10,000, but so many people are like, I have to get my 10,000 steps. And where'd that come from? Yeah, I, I I know that there's some research out there. I'm like you. I'm not worried about the 10,000. I'm worried about or want people to go from 1,000 to 2,000. Gotcha. And then from 2,000 to 3,000 or 4,000 and then build up. And yeah, everybody at work talks about this. And I gave a little talk to our you know internal team and they're all looking at their watches and, yeah, yeah, and I've yeah. done all of this kind of stuff and I'm I'm really about not about those numbers but it's about doing more and it's yeah. about eliminating these these perceived barriers that prevent us from doing simple things one final example about that and I don't know I don't know if you go to many meetings I'm still in a place where you have meetings and stuff like that right oh, and and there might be you know, 12, 15 people in a meeting, and maybe we're in a, in a half day meeting and stuff like that. And everybody's sitting around the table, you know, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and talking. And then all of a sudden, maybe one person will get up and stand. And then it's funny how after that person does it, two or three other people then get up. And the perception is that we have to sit for the meeting, and you don't. And so as soon as somebody breaks that barrier, and that's, that's what I'm talking about, you break that barrier, then everybody else will do it. And, and I've seen it where, you know, by the end of the meeting, half of the people are standing and other people are getting up and sitting down, which is great. Yeah. And get up for fifty because you don't want to stand for two hours. That's not good for you either. So you balance it between some sitting, some sitting and some standing. And, you know, you, you, you make contributions towards better health. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about, you said all the people watching, you know, they're, did I get this step in and what did I do? And I, 
that doesn't motivate me, but there are a lot of people that it does motivate because if whatever their goal is, whether it's a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, if they haven't reached it, they like you said, do more, they'll do more to reach it. And so it is great for a lot of people because otherwise they wouldn't even be aware. And this makes them aware of whatever their goal is. So now like, you know, you do you look at that watch, go for it, you know? And it comes down to the personalization part of it again, not only what you do, but what motivates you to do. Yeah. Right. And if it's going to take a watch counting the number of steps you do, then great. Get a watch and do it. Um, I do have an Apple watch. It was a gift for Christmas and stuff and I wear it, but I don't really track my steps because I know what I do. Well, you already have that built in habit. So you already created it. So you're there. Yes, exactly. All right. I want to get this one in because I think it's something like very simple, but who said you don't have to stand up on the phone? Like, why are you sitting down on the phone? No one's seeing you. So I know somebody's at meetings. We just talked about it. You don't want to move in pace because people watching us would be like, whoa. Like some people go, no, I have to get my steps in. Well, not while we're doing this. But on the phone, nobody can see you. Yeah, right. And so, you know, and 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 it's it's just, again, all about just doing a little bit more. So yeah. you're going you're gonna to be on the phone. You're going to call your mother-in-law, right? And, yeah. and, and encourage her not to be outside today because the thing, uh, the, the air quality and stuff. Yeah. So, um, or you're just checking in with her or, you know, a, a son or a daughter, an aunt yeah. or an uncle or whatever like that. You know, why do you have to sit to do that? And, and I'm not talking about doing structured physical exercise during this period of time. I'm talking about being on your feet and yeah. just I'll use the word meander, just meander around your house. And if that includes going up a flight of stairs and then back down, great. Nothing that's going to cause you to get out of breath, but but just don't sit. Yeah. And and it's going from sitting to standing and then sitting to standing, you know, each time. That's a that's a, essentially a squat, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and and it it's more. It's more than you're currently doing. Well, I want to end on this little tip here because it's a big thing with me. We have a park near our house and I am a big kid. Matter of fact, I just want to borrow kids, right? Because mine are grown. And I loved going to the park and chasing around and playing with them. And I see all types of parents there. Ones that are going up and down the monkey bars, chasing their kids around, having fun. And the other ones that go all the time and they take their kids, but they sit there the entire time on the phone. And and I get it. Maybe you have no choice. But just the thought of going out and playing with them and coming up with different games, like you said, count the number of animals you see or colors. Yeah. Yeah. Simple things that are so fun. Yeah. And, and, and that's not even going to a park. So the way I like to think about that is, is, you know, we're all busy, right? You have a busy day and then you come home and you've got to take your kids to their soccer or baseball or softball mm-hmm. practice. Then you have to find some time to eat dinner and then you have to find some time to, you know, maybe read a report for work the next day and all that kind of stuff. So, so when am I supposed to be more active? Right. And one of the things that you want to do is to spend some quality time with, with your kids outside of taking them to to their sports practice. So you come home and, you know, let's just say you have a, a six year old 
and you say to that six-year-old, hey, let's grab some dumbbells and go out for a power walk with dad. How would you like to do that? Yeah. And they're going to look at you like you're crazy, right? But if you say to them, hey, let's go outside and see how many different colors we can find. Or let's, let's count the number of cracks that we can see on the sidewalk, right? And then they're like, oh, okay. Or see how many different animals we can find. Right. And then what you're doing is now, now think about it. You know, we're always trying to be efficient. Now you might be accomplishing three things at the same time. You're adding more physical activity. You're spending some quality time with your child. And then depending on whatever activity you do, you may even be able to help them with their education if you're counting or defining colors. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then when you take the older ones to their soccer practice, um, again, I'll come back to the same thing about the workplace, about signs, about using the bathroom. Did you ever see a sign at the soccer field or the baseball field that said parents are forbidden from walking around the fields while their children are practicing? Hmm. There, there are no signs. But I know I've been to a lot of soccer and baseball yes, and yes. softball practices yes. and all the parents just congregate. And they're the ones that tell you, but I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time. Oh to do more because I got to take my kid and that's another barrier that we just have to remove. Yeah. I like that. Different way of thinking. It's that's exactly what it is. That's it's, exactly what it is. It's another Listen, let me, let me, cause you'll, you'll love, and I think your listeners will love this story because you know, I mentioned, you mentioned my father's premature death and stuff like that, but here, here's his creativity, right? So he loved to fish and his last boat that he got, he basically, did all the work himself. So all he really needed to do was get the boat hull, boat yard. So he got a boat hull, right? Now I know because you've been at least on my boat. Yeah. I don't know how many other boats you've been on, but if you think about a boat hull, what's a boat hull designed to do? It's going to keep water out, mm -hmm. right? When you're on the boat. Mm -hmm. So if something is designed to keep water out, what could it also do? In, right? So you know what my father did? He got a second boat hull and he dug a hole in our backyard and he put this boat hull in that hole and he okay. built a wooden deck around it. And guess what? We ended up with a swimming pool. Now, I say that story because it's just what you said. It's just a yeah. different way of thinking. And that's what I want people to mm. do and go about their day. Don't look for ways to be sedentary. Just look for ways to add more movement. I love that he did that. That's so cool. Yeah, that's really good. And, and that was back in like 1970. Yeah. I yeah. could probably make an argument that that was the first fiberglass in-ground swimming pool that Ooh. ever existed in the world. Maybe. It might be. Do you have pictures? You know, I don't. Don't say no. Don't say no. I don't. Because, you know, ah. my, my mother lived in that house and, until Who she passed away. Who takes pictures so, back then? No one, like, yeah. not and, and I And we, uh, there are some pictures that, like, probably just everybody at the side, so you wouldn't mm -hmm. really be able to. Because what it looks like, it just looks like a rectangular swimming pool. Yeah. Because the way he built the deck around the, the boat. Hall. But, again, it's just a different way of thinking. And, and that's what we need to do in order to build more movement into our day that can then contribute to better health. That's a great note to end on, Dr. Jim Walters. All right, before we go, though, 
tell us every which way they can find you and book you for keynote speaking engagements. Yeah, so so I'm 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 a little bit behind on all the infrastructural parts, but you can reach me at Jim at jimwalterspeaks.com. Not AOL. Nope, nope. <laughs> I needed to get away from the AOL address. So Jim at jimwalterspeaks.com. Now I can give you my I'm fine. I'll give you my AOL address too. So you should, you should do that too. Very simple. Um it's J M W L. T R and then the number two at AOL.com. So that's pretty easy. It's my name, Jim Walter, without vowels. And then AOL actually messed up the original account. So um, I had to do a second one. And that's why I have the number two at the end. So J M W L T R at AOL.com. The only human I know in my circle with AOL.com. How could you forget that? Sorry, some things just don't change. I know not, that's okay. I love I'm it. Not the technological genius that I probably should have become. No, but. no, it, it's all good. All right, my let's keep it real people. We would both really appreciate you sharing, liking, and rating it. Spread the word. I'm going to end on the note of what Dr. Jim Walter said: do more and just look at things differently. You know, there aren't, forget those perceived barriers. Who said you can't go to the bathroom on the 21st floor? Well, maybe you can't. I don't know. It could be. You have to be a member, but walk around the soccer field. It'll be a lot of fun. And until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Thanks, Jim. And toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.